This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. From creator Frank Mueller comes the comic series, The Devil You Know. One late night, Graydon Cross comes home to find his family slaughtered and Satan himself standing before him. Fueled with rage, he rushes towards Satan, but is struck down before he gets to have his revenge. Upon his death, God appears before Graydon and gives him a choice. Graydon Cross, I am God. Your family and yourself were murdered by Satan. You may choose heaven, hell, or revenge. I'll send you to hell with powers I've given you to kill Satan. But if you kill Satan, you must become him. Do we have a deal? Deal. His desire for revenge too strong to ignore, Graydon agrees to God's terms and descends to hell on a mission to assassinate the devil and avenge his family. Upon finding himself in hell, Graydon must battle his way through an army of demons, all the while discovering the limitations of his new powers. The Devil You Know, written by Frank Mueller, available on Comixology and AcesAndAidsPress.com. You're listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Your refusal to listen will be one more reason for me to fire up my death ray and take over the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jeff Holcomb. And joining us today, we have the writer of the comic series Guardians, Todd Black, with us. Thanks for being with us, Todd. No problem, guys. Glad to be here. We've got a good show today. It's good to be back after a week off. And since we took a week off, there's a lot to talk about. First and foremost, Sony and Spider-Man. That happened like minutes after we started stopped recording our last episode. So pissed. It always happens that way. It does happen that way, doesn't it? (laughs) It it really does. Now Ice getting himself into some trouble. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Just wait. New book by Dr. Seuss has been discovered and going to be released. Did you guys hear about that? No. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. And then wrote it? No, it was, uh, he's dead. Yeah. It's in a book that's kind of dead. Ghostwriter. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, I think it's like, I think his wife found it or something. Uh, but um, anyway, then after all that, we're going to cut over to Todd and talk a little bit more about Guardians. But before we do well, all that, want, I guess I guess we can do that. I suppose. Only if you're up to it. Uh, we'll, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> okay. Let's get to recaps. Let's do it. Recaps. Let's just we'll get right to it. Sony and Spider-Man. So everybody knows now the news. Uh, Marvel is allowed to use Spider-Man. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I feel like I'm going to mess this up. In their movies that aren't titled Spider-Man, right? Like he's uh, allowed to be in other movies. I can I, I can help out with that if you want. I actually had to write several news articles about this. Uh, okay, so Sony and Marvel has come to a mutual agreement. And how it goes is like this. 
Spider-Man will first appear in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. So that'll be the first movie you'll see him in. It's unclear which movie it is. It's rumored to be Civil War because of the impact that the comics had with Spider-Man, yada, yada, yada. But he will appear first in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Then a team of Marvel people like uh, Kevin Feige uh, will work with Sony people to make the next Spider-Man movie. It will not be Amazing Spider-Man 3. Right. It will be a brand new Spider-Man movie. And then after that, based on how that does, the Marvel team and the Sony team will work together mutually to see where the Spider-Man franchise goes in the future. Sony still retains the rights to Spider-Man. That's that's a key word here. Uh, they will make all the profit from the, from the solo Spider-Man movies. Uh, but Marvel will be able to put him in Marvel movies should they choose to, which obviously they will. And they also have the ability to bring Marvel characters into the solo Spider-Man movies. So, wow. I know that's a lot to comprehend. It's a lot of tricky wordplay, which I honestly think was half the point if you really want to think about it. But that's where it is. I'm feeling a little inferior right now. (laughs) (laughs) In the end, that's how it should be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you keep the rights, but we can we can we borrow him? Yeah. Why couldn't they make it so ours? like Marvel just made it all and they got a percentage of it or something? I don't know. Uh, well, for Sony, they know that even with like the not the you know drastic box office hits like the original trilogy was, Spider-Man still makes money, and so that they gave, just gave him to Marvel, you know. That's a lot of money they're essentially throwing out the door. So, but with this way, they're actually building up the hype back for the solo movies because they can say, hey, this may be a Sony Spider Man film, but this is the same Spidey that was in the Marvel movies. Right. And who knows what Marvel characters might appear in Spider Man solo films? You want to spend your money on this. So, <laughs> I surrender. Take my wallet. Reboot <laughs> number three. Shut up and take my money. There you go. So, does this mean like Sinister Six and the Venom movie and all that stuff's just gone off the table now? We're just starting a new. Or is it any of that? It's it's tricky because what when Spider-Man was you know quote unquote still Sony popular if you will there was you know the the Sinister Six movie the the, the Venom movie there was gonna be a, even a Black Cat movie apparently oh, I heard shit, I didn't know that yeah exactly and then but because of this and now with more or less the confirmation Andrew Garfield will not be Spider-Man again yeah. uh, all that gets thrown into con- into limbo there's rumors that it's still in development but not released because it was supposed to release in like 2016 or 2017 the Sinister Six movie but everything is essentially up in the air right now and it it honestly would be very surprising if there was a Sinister Six movie in my opinion at least because that would connect to the Amazing Spider-Man films which set up a lot of the Sinister Six so I'm like what 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 are you going to try and prove here but it it sounds like more like a clean clean slate scenario with me time travel time (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'm dying to see who they get to play Spider-Man. I know it's going to be a while before we know that. but yeah. A lot of fanboys are wondering if this is going to be the time for Miles Morales. Yeah, I've seen that all over the place. I'm so tired yeah. of seeing it, too. I can't see that happening. No. That's too too much of a change, I think. Yeah. Too quick. And, and for some people, and this is, is not an insult by any means, they don't know who Miles Morales is. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the ultimate Spider-Man, as in the ultimate universe. I mean, I honestly read no comics from the ultimate universe and i i only know who he is because of articles and the like yeah so, right. i mean i don't know his backstory or anything like that i know a lot of fans if they saw this spider-man they'd be like who's that guy right. so i haven't read any of his the ultimate spider-man books yeah. but i've seen him in uh, uh help me 
what's going on right now with he's, Spider-Man. He's jumped in with the uh, all-new X-Men. I got a couple issues with him. Oh, he's really? He's over there with them now. Yeah. Yeah. And like the Edge of Spider-Verse, the whole thing. Yes, that just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in that too. So that's about all I know of. I mean, he seems pretty cool. I mean, I, I'm not, nothing against the character. I just oh, he's a funny character. He is. Yeah, I just don't think it's. Uh, the time to make that drastic of a change to Spider-Man when we're just getting him, you know? I wonder if they'll get rid of him during the battle world. No, he was one they were going to keep. He was going to keep him. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. him, and uh, I think they were going to keep Spider-Gwen, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah Spider-Gwen's uh, getting her series coming out on Wednesday. So. I'm excited. Yeah. I'll be there. That I'll be there <laughs> Wednesday. All right. Well, let's move along here. Um, Aquaman. We've got to see what Aquaman's going to look like. And what's that going to be in again? Uh, that's for the Justice League. The Justice League movie. movie. It, it's it's you know the poster says United Seven, inferring the Justice League, but more than likely we're at least going to see a glimpse of him in Batman v Superman: Dawn of oh, Justice. Oh yeah, so. yeah. In he's, like in Aquaman gear or just like his oh, like Aquaman. He's this is the Aquaman costume as far as I am told. So. He's gonna pull up in one of his boats and say some line, and then they'll be like, "Who's that guy?" And then they'll he'll back back into the water. <laughs> That'll be it. <laughs> He'll ride up on uh, straddling the back of a dolphin. Hey, don't knock it. <laughs> you really haven't listened to us, have you? Yeah. <laughs> right. no, Superman like, will be like, what's that noise? I hear this. What the fuck was that? Gosh. Didn't know you had that in you. Wow. I better be careful. Yes, you should. I hear the Jaws music playing. Oh. I'm totally excited for this because this, the outfit reminds me of Aquaman I grew up with, which was Justice League cartoon Aquaman, you know? I don't remember that one. The long beard? Yeah, the the, the beard, the long blonde hair, the hook on the hand, you know? He cut off his own, cut off his own arm to save his son son. and then he he killed Orm later in the episode. I'm like, that's the Aquaman I grew up with. None of this, oh, I'm trapped by this plastic pop dispenser thing like they, keep, they always are friends super friends i'm like do you not remember justice league he was totally epic this is the aquaman who literally went into the un say leave me alone i'm gonna sink you all and then left i mean that's my aquaman and you know the new 52 version because jeff johns he is epic again and people still don't buy it and i see this picture of jason momoa in armor and the epic trident and like the polynesian tattoos and i'm like that's what aquaman should like look like in the movie universe and i'm like thank you Agreed. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. totally agree. Have yeah. half the knowledge you do on Aquaman, and I'm I just quite impressed character. by it, I must say. But um, yeah, like he looks Aquaman. badass for sure. Yeah. The the funny complaint that I keep hearing is no orange, and I'm like, oh geez, <clears throat> who cares about? And that? I and I understand why because that's the classic costume, and it's yeah. a very you know bold color to have. But I'm like, this is the movie universe. You know, some things don't work when you transition from comics to movies. I would say. Mm-hmm. A, you know, a guy of, you know, Jason Momoa's build in a bright orange and green outfit probably <laughs> wouldn't work. Right. So let's, well, let's do the armor and like, and it works for me. And I, and I am totally excited even more now for this. Well, and it almost has a, and I, I've only seen it once, but like a bronzy, rusty kind of look. So, I mean, you kind of get the orange effect from it, like for the super fans, yeah. but it's not like offensive. It's not like super bold and in your face yeah. orange. And again, it's, it's grayscale picture i mean it's, uh, it's that's more true less, too, yeah. like more or less all grayed out you know oh, so i'm it? like yeah that's how i saw it anyway and people keep saying why is it grayscale i'm like maybe they wanted to go bold with it i don't know yeah it's, so, more, it's got yeah. a filter on it so it's not yes. yeah true color so. i was noticing that too oh yeah you're right i love the trident 
Yeah, no kidding. I wish I could see the top of it. I, I, I saw a picture. I don't know how, but it was like the full picture with the trident extended. And it's like it's got like five prongs and it looks totally epic. Wow. That's why I thought there was more than three prongs because trident. Three. Yeah. Yeah, oh. and it's <laughs> kind of threw me off a little bit. <laughs> All right, anything else in Aquaman? <laughs> no, no, he I'm looks good. sweet. He looks badass. Yes. All right, uh, what do we have on Deadpool, Jack? Oh, uh, Deadpool for the movie coming out. His love interest has been released. Who she's going to be? And it is. I'm going to get her last name wrong. Marina Baccarin. Baccarin. Yep. I was going to say Baccarin, but Baccarin, I, I, I that might be it. Obviously. Okay. And she is uh, Leslie from uh, Gotham. Yep. Really? Yeah. Yep. And she's mm. Gideon, the computer from Flash. It's, she is, isn't she? Yes, she is. She was also Black Canary in the Justice League. She is gorgeous, yes. is what she is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Deadpool's going to be chasing her around in the movie. Not a bad target to be chasing, nope. if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be taken several ways, but oh well. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. She's been, she's been, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, jumping to a lot of superhero shows, and I approve because I like her as Leslie, mm-hmm. and you know, she only has short bursts as Gideon, but you know, and then Black Canary is like, that shows that she's not afraid to be in, you know, as many superhero shows as she wants to be. I mean, some some people don't want to be in a superhero show because they'd be afraid of you know messing up the role but she's like nope i'll take it all give it to right. me give it to me now <laughs> well it's, it's not a bad business to be in right now i mean it's at the height of its prop- popularity mm-hmm. all right anything else on that nope yeah all right what was it maybe three or four episodes ago i brought to the rumor mill rumors of the alien movie that almost was but wasn't i had reservations about bringing that onto the show because i read that it's happening now yeah yeah yep. It's definitely happening. Fox is going to release the uh, film with original film director Wrigley Scott acting as producer. Mm -hmm. So it's still unclear if uh, Scorny Weaver is going to be back for it or not. But uh, yeah, it's supposed to be set after the events of Prometheus 2. And I still haven't seen any either of those. After Prometheus 2? Yeah, that's what what it said on the internet. Hasn't even been out yet. That's never stopped anyone before. Well, I don't know. I... (laughs) Faulty site. <laughs> there, there's going to be a Prometheus too. Uh, yeah. like it's in the works. It's just obviously, you know, that's really planning ahead. Well, yeah, there's no release date on this, and I think it's the only thing that's been done is, yep, we're going to do it. So and all that concept art that he was putting together. Right. You know, maybe this, maybe they were just saying it could act as a sequel to Prometheus or something, or maybe it's going to end up being a Prometheus two or something like that. But uh, either way, I'm excited. I want to see an alien movie. React now. <laughs> Anything? No. <laughs> Sorry. Moving on. Speechless. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. <clears throat> so yeah, look for that. Is Bill Paxton gonna be in it too? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Bill was, Paxton. What was? Yeah. What? Oh my God. I gotta. Should I tell that? Quick. Yeah. Yeah. We went to Universal Studios this past week. And uh, Brooke and I did, and I, I was so excited to do the Twister experience. It's supposed to simulate being in the middle of a Twister, just like from the 1996 movie. Classic. Yeah, and uh, before the event, you got to watch a video by Pil- Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt talking about the real dangers of tornadoes and how uh, thrilling it was to make this movie and how excited they are for us to experience what we are about to experience. Now, mind you, this ride came out 
fairly soon, I think, after the movie. So we're talking, it's been there at least 15 years, I would say. Mm. And things that were cool 15 years ago aren't cool today, you know? <laughs> <clears throat> but I went in with high hopes. Everything outside looked cool. There was a disclaimer outside that said this ride might cause problems for people with heart conditions or people who fall into seizures. I'm like, oh, this shit must be good, you know? says you're going to get wet, so make sure your electronics are put away. You're going to get blown. It makes you sound you're really going to be in the thick of it. <laughs> oh, man, not the case. Not the case. It was horrible. It was like a, a, a little stage of like a little like Kansas city town like setting. It was like you see a little gas station, another little building, a fake tree, and a, like a drive-up movie theater in the background. The whole background's like just a big movie screen, and you see a twister coming, and this thing's huge, and it wipes out the theater, and the screen falls to pieces, and you think this is going to be good. The lights go down, and it comes up, and there's like a whirlwind of fog in front of you that's like a quarter, even smaller, of the size of the tornado that was on the background. Uh, the tree like sparked really big, like it was supposed to be hit by lightning, and it was like very robotic how part of it fell. And... <laughs> one of the worst parts was, you know how in Twister, like in the trailers, one of the big things was the cow, cow. being blown through the air. Yes. No, the <laughs> cow. No, I think that's the same one. They had they had to bring the cow into the ride, <laughs> and it's just a big animatronic cow on a string, just spinning around. Just <laughs> <laughs> We, we just sat there and stared at each other like, you've got to be kidding me. We didn't get wet. It was like someone just spritzed water on our face. Barely any wind. Literally the best part of the ride, for me anyway, was when it was over. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Well, no, no, no. Not just the end, but what happened at the end was Bill Paxton's voice came on and said, <laughs> he said thank you for riding the Twister experience. I'm Bill Paxton. <laughs> I about fell the hell over right there just losing it. I'm Bill Paxton. Dude. <laughs> it was priceless. Oh my god. I laughed so hard. How the, how the hell did we get on that? Who cares? Alien. Aliens. <laughs> aliens. Oh, that's right. Well, something Game good. Over, man. <laughs> something good came from that being brought up then, I guess. That was funny. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, let's, uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about Gotham. Uh, it looks like they're going to be introducing the Red Hood. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. What do you guys feel about this? It's the beginning of the Red Hood gang, so I don't have any issues with it at all. Well, what about the red-haired boy that all of a sudden turned real sinister when he Jerome? was being questioned? Was, Jerome, was that who it was his name? Jer- Gerald, Jerome, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Do we really think that this is who they're going to make the Joker? I know they were selling it as that, especially like that whole how he laughs and how he yeah. looks when he laughs. That was very, very sinister and very well done. I just want to make yes. that one. Yeah, he was. Yes. That was dang creepy. I mean, it was good. But there's one big problem with this is that even if he's somewhat psychotic, you know, he's still going to jail. Like, at absolute best, he would go to Arkham Asylum, which I cannot see why they would go to Arkham Asylum, because he seemed perfectly rational when he killed his mother. Right. Uh, and then he just was psycho later when he was describing it, you know? So, right. at worst, he at best, he goes to Arkham Asylum. At worst, he gets a life sentence in jail, which means he can't be in the Red Hood gang, which means he can't meet Batman at Ace Chemicals to turn into the Joker. And Bruno Heller, the showrunner, has said don't exactly believe what you're seeing 
this may be a beginning, but it may not be, you know, the Joker, the Joker you know. Right. Like he said, like the Joker is the long game. If Bruce it, turning into Batman is one part of the long game, the creation of the Joker is Bruno Heller's other end game here. It's setting it all up so that when Batman comes, you know, he can meet the Joker and, you know, start their etern eternal duel. So, and this is, and the Red Hood gang is a perfect proof of that because if it was, he was Joker, why are they introducing the Red Hood game in the very next episode? So that's just my two cents. They've been very uh, tight with the details on the character. So, I mean, they, mm -hmm. they don't give you anything. I, like you said, they're leading, they're trying to lead us to believe that's who it could be, but in the end, it won't be. I think it's I to give think. some of the fans a little bit of, of hope because they've been picking at every single thing and right. every episode saying, it's true. that's the Joker, that's the Joker, Yeah, there's the Joker. Exactly. And, you know, bringing the Red Hood in will confirm what fan people like that are at home thinking. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so many people in the comics donned the Red Hood, not just the right. Joker. There were right. a lot of Red Hoods. So, you know, it could be anybody. That's how yeah. this, they were saying that it's going to be the beginning of the Red Hood, so the name will be out there so Joker can pick it up later on. Exactly. And it looked like he just, like, had a red toboggan pulled oh, yeah. over his head. Yeah, it looked like that great big, like, pill-shaped yeah, I don't helmet. get that whole thing. I <laughs> never have either. <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens, and tonight's the season finale, right? Yep. No, no, we got six episodes left. This okay. See, I oh. thought so. Jeff. It's... <laughs> like, come on, man. Get you watch out, it. Jeff. <laughs> I don't have cable. But, <laughs> well, later. after tonight, though, they're taking, like, a long break off or something, like two or three, four weeks. Yeah. Darn, I didn't know that. That makes me just sad. Yeah, me too. That'll do it for recaps. Recapping. All right, and we have no rumors to talk about this week, I don't think, so... No, I couldn't find anything. Let's talk some comics then, guys. I'll just go ahead and start this week. Uh, I read Darth Vader number one. Me too. You did too. Yep. What about you, Todd? I, I have not, honestly. Uh, Any gosh. appeal? It's, it's, it's just a weird thing for me because... On one hand, I am a big Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars, I love Star Trek, you know. Uh, but there's just something, when I see the comics, I'm like, do I need to read them? Yep. Am I, oh, yeah. Sure, you make it sound so simple. No, no, no the, I, I know where you're coming from, because I'm kind of the same way. It's just, could I read them? Yes. If I was infinitely rich, would I read them? Yes, but I have not. I have a budget, and <laughs> because of Marvel and DC and all the events, I have had to restrict what I can and cannot buy, and sadly, Star Wars is not a priority. Understandable. I, I more or less just wanted to grab that number one, Yeah. you know? Yeah. But I think I am going to continue with it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Not that a whole, much, whole lot was let up. I really messed up reading it huh? because I read it and I was like, okay, that was pretty good. And then I was like, well, I haven't read Star Wars yet. So I, I went, haven't either. I went and read it and everything that happens in Darth Vader, everything he talks about happening in Darth Vader happened in the first issue of Star Wars. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. So I was like reading Star Wars. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. All right. This makes so much more sense now. Okay, well, I'm glad, because there were a few things in there I was kind of yeah. confused about, but it started coming together. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes sense. I'll have to read that now. <laughs> They're tricky bastards, aren't yes. they? I'm not yep. sure I like that, to be honest. Uh, no, because it makes you have to go read other ones. Exactly. It's like, think, it's, like, uh, it's like the tie-ins for events. Do you really need to read them? And then you're like, oh, yes, this one is like superiorly connected, and then you'll get like those few things that tie it all together, and I'm like, eh, I guess right. I can. 
Star Wars 1 and 2 are happened just before Darth Vader number 1. Uh. Oh, see, now I gotta go read that damn book. <laughs> I am beyond intrigued, because this was a really good book. I liked it. And it takes place after the events of A New Hope, right? Yes. After the Death Star has been blown up. And uh, more or less, the gist of this is you see the Emperor is not happy with Darth Vader. Darth Vader yeah. has failed him. And uh, he's he's doing some... Spoiler alert here. He's doing... The Emperor has recruited what was he, a bounty hunter of some kind mm-hmm. to do something that he's keeping Vader in the dark about. Yeah, and Vader's like, who's he? Don't yeah. worry about him. <laughs> right, so in the end, <sighs> Vader's so. beyond curious and takes it upon himself. He's like, okay, I'm going to get my own spy here, and we see the introduction of Boba Fett mm-hmm. at the end of issue one here. It was a lot of fun. I, the art was awesome. It's like the movie with like a... a an animation filter, filter over it. it. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I love how, and I don't know the guy's name, in The New Hope, the the guy in the Death Star who was giving crap to Lord Vader, who had the the really weird, like, pumpkin haircut. You know who I'm talking about? One of the admirals Oh, yeah, they choked him out in the at the table. I don't know if he was the one that eventually got choked out, but he's in here, and he gets one-upped. Like, the Emperor says, you should have listened to him when he was... Yeah, yeah, that's who that's who it was, yeah. Like, warning you, and now you have to... Like, listen to what listen he says. Listen to what he yep. says. <laughs> I thought, wow. <laughs> Maybe I let a little too much up on the book here. I won't let up anymore, but it was, it was a lot of fun, and I'm definitely going to keep up on this one. So check it out. Darth Vader, number one. Just for the record, I don't know what, what the big surprise is about the Emperor being ticked off at Vader, because, you know, anyone who watches Robot Chicken knows that's exactly how he reacted. <laughs> When he got the phone call, it's like, what the heck is a Lulu Falcon? <laughs> oh, yeah, build it own. We're freaking original. Where are we going to get the money from? You, you have ATM built in that asthmatic suit of yours? <laughs> <laughs> you, you sound like you've seen that a couple times. Oh, no, it's not like I have, you know, every line memorized. <laughs> then you get your six foot two asthmatic one back here. I'm going to tell you what everyone will know about you are. About a Panama or Panda Bear, whatever the heck her name was. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Thank you. I'll give you applause on that. <laughs> if you get to Lando, I can do the this this deal's getting worse all the time scene. That's my absolute favorite. But I'll save that for later. You know, they ought to do a Lando series. You know, they're doing Darth Vader. They're doing Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see Lando series. Yeah. That'd be kind of well, cool. It would have potential because, you know, if, if these comics for right now are set between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, then naturally there could be oh, yeah. the next series could be, if you will, between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, which would be Lando's journey from, you know, I'm a rebel to I have to infiltrate, you know, Jabba the Hutt's, you know, right. fortress to get close to Han so we can rescue him. There's potential for that. I mean, it may be more of a mini series than an extended series, but you never know. No, that would be cool. I'd like to see, you know, the back history between him and Han, too. You know, like, what what was it exactly that led to Han calling him a traitor when they first landed in Clowns? Him in the Millennium Falcon. From yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah, in the card game. Yeah, mm-hmm. see how that all played out would be kind of cool. That's what cool was cool with uh, the show Rebels. Because I was they, just about to say that. Yeah, when Lando was on and he ended up. That was foreshadowing him open up the mining facility. Really? Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Damn, I need to watch his show. You yeah. keep talking about it. And That's I keep... a really good show. I like it. Yeah. Every week uh, they... when you leave, I'm like, I'm going to set the DVR, and I always forget. Yeah, I mean, all, already in the Rebels, they've had Yoda, voiced by the original Yoda. Yes. Wow. They've had. They've had. Yeah. They had a uh, Lando. <laughs> they've had. They brought Tarkin in. He was in a very important episode. 
And uh, yeah, they are. Even you think that's be, not his voice, though. No, it's not oh. his voice, but I mean, obviously. But I mean, the, the fact <laughs> that Tarkin crazy. is there yeah. is significant because you know of what he is in New Hope. So you'd think they would have been afraid to bring in these original characters, but they're like, nope, we'll just bring them in. Bring them in now. So. Huh. And Freddie Prince Jr. is one of the voices. Kanan. Yep. yep. What? Which is still pretty good. Yeah. Well, at least he's still doing something with yeah. himself. Yeah. <laughs> no one's seen him in a while. After she's all that. Hey. Hey, I enjoyed it. I'm not bashing the movie. It was a fun movie. Wasn't he in Scooby-Doo? Yeah, he was Fred. Yeah, he was Fred. Oh, shit. And, uh, yeah, he, he was. was. He was also a writer for WWE for a while. What? For reals. That's that crazy. I, that I can yeah. see. That could be too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. If it was any good. Oh, I burn. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, let's move along. Who wants to go next on this comic talk? I'll go next. Go, Jackery, go. I read... Darth Vader number one. Tell us about Mar- it. <laughs> really? I need Daniel Boo feeling here. I got the variant cover, the one that Jeremy didn't get. No. <laughs> they didn't have the variant. I wasn't about to pay ten dollars for it. I was I was broke. Along with that I read Star Wars one and two, which we already went over that. Mm-hmm. So what what does that uh Star Wars one and two, where does that start? I mean is it's, that right after New Hope as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's they're on a mission that Darth Vader was talking about over on RR2E9 or whatever. Yes, yes. The planet. Yeah. They foiled, spoiler alert, the plans that they were doing on that planet. What? Yeah. <laughs> this makes me mad. I wish wish that was its own series aside from that. I was kind of kind of mad but relieved at the same time because I'm like, well, I like this, but I don't know a yeah, lot of what happened. You know there's a light somewhere to be shed. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right, go ahead. And I also read Ant-Man 1 and 2. Oh, I read the first one. I haven't read the second one. How's it turning out? Second one was he moved to Florida. Right. Because his daughter moved there. And he lives in a little toy house. What, like in her room or something? Yeah, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, he went to a toy toy store, and it's it's a little house, like a whole living room set. And he's got it sitting on the roof somewhere, and he just zipped shrinks down and just chills out in there uses his cell phone as his TV <laughs> that's that's not awkward at all wow I've got to see that it's a it's not a great series so far there's I mean the next issue Taskmaster's coming out so he's going to be fighting him so it's going to be a little bit more action right now it's just getting to know Scott Lang again pretty much have they played Tony Stark into issue two at all like following up with what happened in one or is that what um not a lot not from when you got hired so that was just that was just that yeah okay. yeah and then he moved well he got hired to work for Stark to be security and then he moved to Florida so wait a minute, so, so Stark hired him to be security and he doesn't have enough money to buy a real house he lives in a toy house in his yeah. daughter's room well, he didn't take the job with Stark because right. his daughter, which is with his ex-wife, was right. moving to Florida. So he chose to move to be close to his daughter instead of take the job with Tony. Okay, now that makes much more sense. <laughs> One thing that was cool in the book is life would be so much different if you could shrink down. Like, like mm. he's walking around in his house talking to himself, and he goes into the bathroom, grabs his toothbrush. Next panel, he's sitting inside of the toothpaste, brushing his teeth. So you know how much little toothpaste you would use? <laughs> wow. This It'd be cool so to cool. sit and think about that stuff forever. Yeah. Like, where, where was he spitting it at? Yeah, that's what I'm I thinking, too. I don't know. Like, was where it was recycling? Because he, he would have had to walk out of the tube to find a sink, 
that would actually work. Because if he's in a toy house, that means that that technically doesn't work, right? Well, yeah. that one was before he had moved. Oh, that's better. But yeah. Oh. <laughs> just spit it doesn't in the help. Grass outside. Yeah. Zip to full size. Take a chug on an Aquafina. Spit it out. He's good. Right. Yep. <laughs> and I'll say it's funny. Um, I'm in the, the first issue. Uh, Tony was having him like he had a whole bunch of people that were going to be. Uh, they were like the the pool of who was going to get the job. And they had to break into Tony's, get the password to his main computer system. Nobody else could do it. Came up to Scott Lang's time, and he was like, I can't do this. He was like, think something, think something. And then he realized, I can shrink any part of my body. So he shrunk his stomach to make himself throw up. I don't remember that. And he got, was it? Yeah, I think it was in the first one. I remember him getting sick. I didn't catch that. And that's how he got the job. He well, no, cute. no, he he wanted to get out of doing it. Oh, gosh. so he was just like, yeah, I'm not feeling too good, and all of a sudden he's just like, blah. Like, all right, get out of here. One guy that was there was just like, not in the helmet, not in the helmet. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I'm not sure how I feel about this because this could have been like the real chance to show why Scott Lang is going to be in the Ant Man movie. Instead right. of Hank Pym, which don't even get me started on that. But, you know, and all I'm, all I'm seeing in this is, you know, he's living in a toy house and he's shrinking himself instead of toothpaste. And I'm like, okay. I'm, I know so little about what's going to happen after Battle World happens, after the Secret Wars. But from the way it sounds, everything that's happening in Marvel is just going to come to a screeching halt. So maybe... I More mean, or less, yeah. If that is the case, you know, these they're only going to have, what, three, four issues of Ant-Man out before it, yeah. it's ended, so maybe they're just not really caring. Maybe. Maybe there's going to be a whole new Ant-Man that'll come out with... Oh, another one. Battle World. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Not looking forward to it. Eh. All right, anything else? Nope, those are my comics for this week. All right, it's down between Jeff and Todd. Silent Jeff. I kind of want to talk about this comic, but at the same time, I can't remember it because I've been so broke lately. I brought back an old comic that I read a long time ago, about four years ago. Man, I do this. The one I brought last time, I've had since 2006. It's an old comic. I read Superman and talked about that from the 50s. Yeah, see? (laughs) Anything goes. I mean, I can barely remember this comic. I mean, the cool thing about it, and I'll... The comic that I brought, and I'll probably do another review one uh, like another day after I reread the whole thing, was Iron Saint. It was a Top Cow comic, hmm. and it was actually written by Jason Rubin. Never heard of him. Todd, have you ever heard of that name? I have not. Wait, Jason Rubin? Yeah, Jason Rubin. Mm, I might have, but I, I I couldn't place what I remember him from. Um, and the, as a gamer, you would see his name on uh, Crash Bandicoot and Jack and Daxter. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That might have been it, but I honestly can say I've not played those games, you know, definitively. Well, I didn't read credits and games. <laughs> yeah, read credits, yeah. Oh, you guys. <laughs> that was my reward for beating the game. Yeah. <laughs> Here come the credits. Well, I mean, the reason why I picked it up was, uh, I remember back then, it was when I seen his name, I was thinking the comedy from that, from actually Jack and Daxter. But Bandicoot was okay funny. Jack and Daxter was a lot more funnier to me. Yeah. He came out with a comic, and I think the old name used to be called Iron and the Maiden, which is basically Iron Saint now as a paperback. I could not find the Iron and the Maiden anywhere, so I ended up buying the paperback. Um, the comic goes off of uh, the three syndicates back in the year 1930. It was like a rewriting of history, basically. Hmm. From what I can remember, he worked for like a, like a gangster-type family. 
doing errands basically and he would fight uh the churches or he'll fight uh oh man i can't remember the other name damn churches damn churches well it was like everyone was twisted and they're changing things around to just make it in their benefit so the world was slowly decaying and then he was there as part of this whole group of uh trying to stop and just taking hits and in the meantime he didn't know that he was actually doing bad and certain things and good and others and he was actually like a wholehearted lovable kind of guy really but he was kind of scary as the size of the hulk again i I really can't recall what the whole series about and i'm probably not doing it justice just trying to talk about it but it was a very from what i remember like i read it twice and then i let a friend borrow it actually the source and he never gave it back to me and he actually shipped it back to me not too long ago and i seen it and i was like oh crap wow but uh i'll probably have to get into that again well we can do a we'll do a comic talk recap with jeffrey there we go that's what i'm gonna do this is book number two because i've already talked about the uh pretty deadly that's what it was oh, oh that's yes. right yeah. and yes. i wanted to talk about that again because i it was such an amazing book that i had to write it down just to actually talk about it i look forward to it <laughs> so i'll leave it at that <laughs> All right. Well, that left Todd. What do you got, Todd? Um. Well, so if I'm going to pick one comic I want to talk about, it's from last week. It's uh, Uncanny X-Men number 31. And uh, it's, it's weird. Uncanny X-Men has been a comic that I both loved, but I've both... It's, it's kind of been weird because they've been on this arc called The Last Will and Testament of Charles Xavier. And it started during Original Sin. We know all those months and months ago. That. I've got the all new X Men version with a. It's like his will, the cover of it that says that. Exactly. So what happens is, is that, you know, spoilers, waiting for people to leave. Okay. <laughs> uh, Scott Summers kills Professor Xavier in Avengers vs. X Men. And so apparently, after months and months of, you know, things happening, uh, She Hulk, uh, Jessica, gets the last will and testament of charles xavier and all the x-men both wolverine and his x-men and cyclops emma frost and magic go to the uh jean gray school of higher learning and find out what's going on we find out that charles xavier is married to mystique and uh apparently there is a mutant out there called matthew malloy who is single-handedly the most powerful being in the entire universe and he is a mutant and Charles Xavier in the past kind of did a brain melt on him to ensure that his powers would never come to fruition, else he would destroy the entire universe, because that's bad, right? So this entire arc has been about Scott and the X-Men fulfilling the last wish of Charles Xavier, saying, okay, I need you to deal with this because I'm no longer here, and things don't go well. Characters really good. Yeah, characters die. Uh characters like fight and squabble with one another cyclops does a move that a lot of people think is not in his character and then in almost typical comic book fashion it all gets rewritten in in the issue that i just read and yeah exactly so like i said like seriously like seven major characters died which you knew they were going to be brought back to life anyway but it was just the way it was done even though it involved a mutant who i wasn't really fond of it was just so dragged out that by the time it happened it just didn't feel good and and then it ended in a way that i'm kind of curious about because in uh those new avengers a recent issue of that with the whole eight months you know they're out of time blah 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 time runs out right they showed cyclops 
you know, powerful, strong, you know, with Sentinels and saying, hey, I have a Phoenix egg and I still have no idea what that is. So it's just like this, this, this arc has been like almost like eight issues, eight, nine issues. And now it's finally ending. And I'm like, that's it. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and the worst part for me was that the mutant that I'm, I was really fond of of Cyclops new team is basically, he basically threatened Scott saying, hey, I can erase you from history if you screw up again you almost died today because you screwed up and i'm gonna be watching you now saying if you screw up again you don't get your crap together i'm gonna race you from history and i'm like no you won't wow because that's what happened in age of ultron wolverine unexisted hank pym and everything went to crap and they had to go save him and bring him back to life you don't think cyclops <laughs> is gonna have the same effect so i'm just like it, it just it it left me bitter because I love this series and I love what they've done with Cyclops and yet this kind of backtrack things and now I'm not sure what where it's going and obviously with Secret Wars coming, you know, everything's gonna stop for at least a little while and I'm like, where does it go from here? So oh well. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. A lot going on in that universe, isn't yeah. there? Oh, did I forget that Charles Xavier saves the day? There you go. What? Even when yeah. he's dead? Uh, I, I'm not going to spoil that. Wow. I kind of want to know now. Okay. He, he, what The mutant named Ava Bell, uh, who's the one I keep saying I'm fond of, she can kind of sort of time travel. So she goes uh. back to the past, brings Charles Xavier to the present to see that Scott just died, then takes him back into the past. Keep following me here. Goes back into the past to ensure that the mutant named Matthew Malloy, the guy who kills everyone, doesn't get born at all. Then she brings him back to Xavier's present, and then Xavier erases his own mind so that he won't remember what he did. And then, you know, she goes back to the real present so to see how everything played out and, you know, the day is saved and blah, blah, blah. How do you keep track oh of all god. that? Oh my god. So it's the a gift. back of my head just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> so time travel. Wibbly wobbly. I love time travel Timey wimey, grimy. It's all fantastic. <laughs> I love time travel stories, but that, wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Very nice, guys. Thank you. All right. Well, with that, let's move right into Real World Heroes. Jack, who do we have this week? 18-year-old Peter Hain. And what has Peter Hain done to deserve a spot on our wall of justice? This is another intense one. All right. This happened in 2008. Okay. Peter was home one night when all of a sudden a panic knock came to the door. Oh, shit. A uh, passerby said a truck was on the brink of falling into a large gorge that was pretty close to where he lived. Uh, probably a few hundred yards from what it said in the article. He didn't think twice. He straight up didn't even grab his shoes. Told his parents, call the cops. He took off to go uh, see what was going on. When he got to the truck, it was a... It said 23-ton truck, so I imagine it was a semi. A jackknifed, went across the road. The cab itself was hanging over the cliff. Oh, my God. Just hanging there. He decided that, climbed down some of the the ravine a little bit to get into the space between the cab and the trailer, (sighs) took a tire iron, busted the window out, helped the guy out to safety. What? And saved him, yep. Like he climbed down on the truck? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yep. He said when he got there, he could hear creaking, so he knew he had to, you know, couldn't wait because it was probably going to end up go any minute. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did it eventually go? Oh, they didn't say that. They, just, oh. they ended on the good note. The guy got saved. Oh, okay. Balls of steel. Yeah. Wow. 
And for that, Peter, you have found a spot on our wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. So keep up the great work. My God, I, I don't think I could do that. Not with it hanging there. I don't know. No. My fat ass would just made it fall. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't need to do it. We have, we've got Peter. Yep. All right, let's move into our stories, and then we'll uh, cut over to Todd and talk about Guardians. Uh, first thing I want to mention really quick... Uh, our friend of the show, Doug Jones, is going to be joining the cast of Arrow as Jake Simmons, a.k.a. Deathbolt. Yes. You excited? I can't wait to see him on another show. I haven't, still haven't caught up on Arrow, as you know, <laughs> but uh, I'll have to tune in to catch that one. But yeah, he's going to debut in the 19th episode of the third season. And yeah, the character Deathbolt, I've never really heard of him until no. this. Me neither. But, Hopefully uh, he's not another archer. No, he's he's a he is a metahuman. Oh, yes. which is significant because this is the <clears throat> technical first metahuman that has yes. appeared in Arrow. I was so, just going to say that because they they supposedly weren't going to go that route on Arrow. They're going to keep it separate with Flash. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, they were doing their best to keep it realistic, you know, which is why the you know League of Assassins have been a big influence. But this is going to be a first encounter, if you will, with. Arrow dealing with many human not named Barry Allen. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yep, should be cool. Well, yeah, yes. this uh, I kind of looked up this character and uh, he was created by Roy Thomas and Jerry Ordway. And he first debuted in All Star Squadron number 21, which came out May 1983. So, it's been out for a while. Hmm. Um, but in the comics, he had the ability to control lightning and electricity and was dubbed the Living Battery. Where in Arrow, he will instead wield the power of uh, controlling plasma energy. I really don't know what the difference is. It's almost know? the same. Yeah, like when you see uh, electric lines arcing, that's actually plasma oh, burning. Okay, kind of, it's it's along the same line. It's just more real, I guess. More scientific, as yeah. I like to say. That's yeah. the real thing. Is that Flash really tries to keep it very scientific? So if it's a metahuman. I like to think that there's always a scientific principle behind their powers. So, Well, something to look forward to. Huh, I'll definitely nice have stuff. to tune in for that. So, big old lanky Doug Jones shooting yeah. lightning bolts. He'll be good, though. He's good He's in good. everything he does. So yeah. congrats, Doug. I like him. Yeah, he was, he'll, he'll be good. Moving forward, Jack, something uh, scribed? Yes, the website scribed, also known as Netflix for Books, has launched a comic library giving over 10,000 comics or 10,000 titles to people to read. Wow. Now, I wonder if that includes like new releases if they go in there or it's just like backed stories. I couldn't find anything that said it would be new stuff. If it was Netflix for books, it's probably next couple off of months. the shelves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's in Marvel and was it Marvel Unlimited the, that you can subscribe to? Yes. Their stuff is six months behind. No kidding. Oh, yeah. shit. Really? Yeah, uh, yeah. To do to do that one, unless you actually subscribe to the digital new stuff. But yeah, the free ten bucks a month. It's that yeah, makes about more six sense because yeah, everybody would just do that and stop buying oh, yeah. comics. Yep. Kind of like the way uh, DVDs have gone; <laughs> they're going the way of extinct. Titles from Marvel, Sad. IDW, Archie Comics, Top Shelf, Top Cow, Valiant, and Dynamite. No DC. No. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Subscription is eight ninety nine. It offers one month free subscription or tr- one one month free trial. 
Yeah, I don't know about all that. I mean, it's definitely cool, and I would probably be more apt to do it if it was new releases. But, I mean, if you're an avid reader, if you sit and read a lot of comics every month, that's a heck of a deal. I mean, ten bucks. They're saying one reason why they did it is because it may get people that wouldn't normally go to a comic book store. Oh, that's true. To get into the books. One cool thing was that you can browse comics by uh, just typing in the character's name, by the series name, or by... Uh, like typing in classic Marvel moments. Oh, really? And incredible team ups. And it'll pull up a bunch of different stuff that you can. That'd be cool. I mean, you can read your fantasy stories. Yeah. Wait, that means I can read the Punisher Archie team up. <laughs> you if, probably could. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if if yeah. they're serious, then yeah. I, when P- Punisher met Archie. Oh, wow. That was still a crazy one. Yeah. And now Archie's about to meet the Predator, so there you go. What the hell? Oh, you're not kidding. This really no, happened. I'm not. Yeah, it really happened. <laughs> oh, you got to see the pictures. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Do I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just, oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. All right. But the Predator, that's going to be crazy. This is like new new Archie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's old Archie, you know, still technically, but whatever. Wow. I hate All that right. they're doing like that modern reboot. I'm like, Really? Like the, are you talking life after Archie, or are you just no? It, it's like there's like gonna be like a new new Archie or whatever, like they're rebooting like the whole universe kinda, and they're like the the style is more like teenage drama, you know? Yeah, exactly. Jughead and still like, wears a crown. <laughs> what? It? Yeah, I might as well. It's like the next That's generation iconic. of Degrassi High or something like that. You know? <laughs> like that. Yeah, and like just like the look of it, I'm like, I, I know how the Archie comics look, and then they're like, there's this, and I'm like, oh dear gosh, do do people not learn? I'm like, horse piles will probably sell big, and then like it'll keep going, like it prints money, yeah. and I'm like, oh dear gosh. Well, I don't know. Probably there's some hardcore fans out there. Yeah, people will buy it. Yeah. Alrighty, anything else on that? Nope. Alright, let's move along. As I said earlier, Vanilla Ice found himself in a little bit of hot water. Ice, hot water, you like that? That was nice, nice, baby. Ouch, wow, he threw that right back in my face. Take that, Robbie Van Winkle, like freestyle in here or something. King of puns right over here. He was arrested for burglary in Florida. What? At all. Yes. Authorities said he was renovating a home next to a victim's house, and some uh, stolen items were found on his property. I was going to say, it's on the, the Vanilla Ice Project. He probably... Was... Oh, is that what that show's that's called? Like show, his remodeling yeah, show or whatever? So he was probably like, that's pretty nice. I think I'll take it. <laughs> Paula Abdul must be devastated. Uh, that went right over my head. Says he was charged with burglary of Yay! the residence and grand theft. Uh, he was released from jail on a six thousand dollar bond. So, really? price for vanilla isn't very high these days. No. That are the uh, items he took just weren't that valuable. Well, could be. Just saying. He claims it was a misunderstanding and that it's been blown way out of proportion. That's like the whole plagiarism thing, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was blown way out of proportion, too. With, uh, with Queen and Ice, David Ice Bowie. Me, yeah. <laughs> that was so ridiculous. He's like, Mine, mine's totally different. Yeah, he said, theirs goes dun 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 dun. And mine goes dun 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 dun. Like, what the fuck's the difference, yeah. really? You just. Could it is a pause 
man, posh. <laughs> Get off my back, y'all. <laughs> All right, that was it. I just found that kind of uh, funny and sad. Did you you see him doing the uh, mac and cheese commercial the for Ninja Turtle? The Ninja Turtles. Yes. I thought, wow, he Go probably Ninja, really is stoked, stuck in shelves yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Poor bastard. Yeah. Once I saw, it, I was like, come no. <laughs> Leave it back in the nineties. Oh, oh well, he's doing more than I am, I guess. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. Jack, something on Teen Titans. Ooh. Yes, well, the not the cast, but the uh, the team of the Teen Titans for the TNT show coming up, named Titans, has been announced. Who uh, are they? It's not going to be like from the cartoon Teen Titans. It's not going to be all them. It's not going to be Robin. It's going to be Nightwing. Well, hold on. Yep. That's so fast. It's they've said that he is going to start out as Robin. In the show, and then transition into Nightwing. Oh, okay. Served. So, like, through throughout <laughs> the show, he, he will turn in? Or, like, in the first it, few episodes, he'll become I, Night? The way they were saying it makes it sound like the first few episodes. The whole point is that he was he is Robin, and he literally just had a break off from Batman, so he will be mentioned in the show in some capacity. And then once he becomes the leader of the Titans, which may or may not take a few episodes to happen, like the team to form, uh... Then he'll become Nightwing to further substantiate his individuality, which is not unlike what happened in the comics. So, so who else are we going to see here? We're going to see Starfire and Raven. Yes. Apparently both are going to appear at the end of the pilot episode if rumors are true. In the article I was reading, Raven in the New 52s doesn't look like she used to with the hood anymore. I hate her new look. She I hate, like I hate this. I hate a lot of what they're doing with Titans in the New 52. It's, yeah. it's bad. I hate that look. And they that's think so that that's stupid. how she's going to look in the, the look, series. Just like oh, one of the films no. from Zone of Enders. Oh. <laughs> I just want to interject here and say that one of my dream projects that I would love to do is make a Shazam TV series. And two of my recurring characters are Raven and Starfire of the 40 scripts I have written. Did I say I've written 40 scripts? Yes, I have. Yeah. And I just want to say that my look for Raven and Starfire is more or less based on the cartoon and not what they're doing in the comics. So there you go, fans. I hear what you want, not what they're doing. <laughs> Making Raven look like a raven? Really? Yeah. I don't like that look you have pulled up there. That looks awful. Yeah, I saw that and I was it's like... It's just like claws and yeah. like feathered head and everything. <laughs> it's and like it's Bart like, Simpson's hair on her. Like, <laughs> there spiking. you go. <laughs> See, like, also, why would you do that? Like, stick to what we love. I mean, even if it was like the old school Raven classic where she, it's more like a dress instead of like the leotard like in the cartoon, that's fine. It's right. not, not Raven Raven. Don't fix it if it's not broken. Serious. Yes. They, that's why. That's why people. That's why a lot of fans hate Starfire in the comics right now. Is because she's wearing nothing. <laughs> I know that just sounded weird, but it 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 makes sense if you're a fan. It she's wearing nice. nothing. You say she's wearing almost. She's basically wearing like her outfit is so skimpy to show off her <clears throat> feminine features. And well, maybe instead, I will read a little bit. I don't know. I'd... <laughs> I like to get to know this character a little bit. Yeah. Like her, I'm all her, of a sudden very intrigued. Yeah, her, her, literal, her literal opening scene in the New 52 was uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws, and her literal opening scene is that she's on a beach, and she literally comes out of water in this really, really small bikini, like tossing her hair back because, you know, it's wet, and just like, it's just like a shot of her showing off her body, and it's like yeah. fans are like, why are we... <laughs> Why, why is Starfire doing this exactly? And then she asks like Red. Uh, then she asks like Arsenal repeatedly if they want, if she wants to sleep, if he wants to sleep with her. Like she won't stop asking. 
and just like, well, Roy's what? a hot guy. <laughs> I'll tell you why they do it because it make it sells comics. Yeah. I want to buy it now. I've got that book at home. <laughs> oh. Let's go back to Titans. Um, sex, I'm appeal sells, I want sex appeal sells. Sex appeal sells. Also that's... on the roster is Hawk and Dove. Hawk and Dove. Yeah. Hawk and Dove. Sounds Hawk like an ice cream bar. Except when I was reading the. It does, doesn't it? Uh, like who they are, I just remember them being on uh, Justice League, the cartoon, and it was two two brothers, yeah. Hawk and Dove. I've this never is heard a of guy them. and girl. Yeah, this. Yeah, that's that's the important distinction. This is. I don't know if this. Is, they're going to say this is the second Dove, but the second Dove is female, and obviously, and uh, she was featured heavily in uh, both the New Fifty Two and Blackest Night, Brightest Day before the New Fifty Two happened. Uh, and apparently they're going to be romantic partners, which, you know, obviously, I mean, because clearly if a guy and a girl work together, you know, yeah. uh, so not sure how I feel about that. But I'm interested that they are in the Titans because they technically have never been truly associated with that group. So it shows that they're at least trying to shake up the team somewhat. I'm just mad Beast Boy is not going to be in it. Yeah, a lot of fans are mad about yeah. that. Yeah, he would be pretty cool. Of course, uh, Cyborg's not going to be in it, too, because he's going to be doing Justice League movie stuff, so. Marvelous. Oh, really? Yeah. Also, uh, Barbara Gordon. She is going to be playing the part of the hacker nerd type that sits behind the computer and probably talks on the radio to everyone to let mm. them know where it's going on like they do in all the detective-style TV shows anymore. Right. Yeah. Like, but to be clear, she's not being called Oracle right. dot 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 yet. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, she she's wasn't be, Oracle she's... until she got shot in the spine, right? She'll be in the wheelchair. Yeah. Oh, she will be. Yeah. yeah, she will be in the wheelchair. It, see, that, that's the only question I have is that because right now in Arrow, we have, you know, Felicity yep. is more or less Oracle that can walk. No offense, Barbara. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just I hope they, I hope it's not just another, you know, Felicity. I, I have a feeling they'll make her the Barbara we all know and love. But I mean, if it's too close, people are going to call them out on it. So, you right. know, she can't be as witty as Felicity. Um. Not sure if that's true, but I mean, if they go that route, it's going to be, oh, she's just a Felicity clone instead of, you know, Felicity being a Barbara clone, which, you know, would have made more sense. But, you know, it's timing and all that. So still no word yet on when it's coming out, though. They're shooting the pilot this year. And allegedly, if all works well, they should release it 2016. But obviously, that means nothing. (laughs) Oh, and sure. there's the they, word on release. Right. <laughs> I mean, that they have to shoot the pilot, and then they have to show it to the execs to get the clearance to get the season. I mean, you, everyone thinks about Flash and how that happened. It was like that was because they used the arrow as a backdoor to get it to work. And then they said, wait a minute, instead of you doing a second backdoor episode, let's just make a full pilot. And they were already on board, so they saw the pilot, thought it was great, and released it. It's, this is a little different. This is, you know, an established property that technically has not been on TV in live-action form. So, you know, they're they're going to take their time, and then if the execs say no, it's going to go the Wonder Woman route and just not happen. <laughs> it's like uh, the whole process is kind of like how uh, they did laser cats on snl if you guys ever watch that oh my god laser cats that was freaking retarded it was so beautiful ripley believe it or not oh my god i forgot about that i, I literally cried the first oh, time i saw it, it i will beautiful. be putting that on youtube i've got to see that again laser, laser cats, cats. it's like i think that, i think that this along with avatar could make a billion dollars Get out. No, I'm really serious. No, I mean, get out. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wasn't that uh, Steve Martin? They got him to try to watch it, too. 
he Steve Martin played the bad guy in it, and wasn't it like Andy Samberg? And, it was Andy Samberg and uh, Bill Hader were the, Bill Hader. the guys in That's it. That's yeah. it was. Of course, James Cameron pitching and all, so it's just like, oh my god, oh my god that just, was so ridiculous. And like he he pulls an avatar, emerges with the cat. He's becoming one with nature. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, I'll be watching that on YouTube. I got Sigourney Weaver to come back. I was just like, Ripley, believe it or not. I'm like, what? And then she dies. That's it for Titans. That's all in that. Sure. Yeah. All right, uh, one more thing here. Another artist, just like Tupac, creating from beyond the grave. Uh, Dr. Seuss has a new book coming out uh, July 28th called What Pet Should I Get? Uh, Random House announced this Wednesday the 18th that it'll be uh, publishing the recently discovered manuscript with Dr. Seuss sketches called What Should My, or excuse me, What Pet Should I Get? And uh, they also plan to release two more books based on material found in 2013 by his widow, Audrey uh, Geisel. And his secretary. I wonder how much stuff he has hidden. I would think a lot. I mean, come upon. I would think so. That's how artists do. You know, they make yeah. tons of things they're not happy with. This is crap. I'm gonna put this one away. Right. and Think about it for a while. Well, look at Michael Jackson. Man, he <laughs> died, and there's been two albums that come out with yeah. new material since. Yeah. Funny thing, uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, the Sherlock writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he someone found a lost story of Sherlock Holmes in a poet's attic. Wow. Um, wow! Seriously, yeah, it was, it was Sir, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote a it's technically a pamphlet. It wasn't even a, it was like a short story, and he wrote it for an auction to help raise money to rebuild a bridge. And it was bought at the auction by a poet, and the poet put it in his attic. And then you know, obviously, you know, time passes, and then they're rummaging through his attic, and they find this pamphlet of a short story of by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and they realize this has never been released before. Wow! How, so how far back does that date? Uh, not sure. I, I have to look it up, but it, it was, uh, it was a short story about Sherlock Holmes going missing and Watson having to go find him. And it, it was, it was just another uh, Sherlock story, but it never got publicly released because it was made for an auction. And so wow. it, it's, you, you can read it online now, actually. So somewhere before the two thousands, I know that. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd say that's a safe assumption. <laughs> yeah, somewhere before yeah. then. Somewhere. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah, pretty right. sure. Yeah, Mike. Uh, what did you guys think of the uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies? Did you ever see any of those? I liked them. Uh, I, I loved too. them. Yeah. Me and my yeah. dad loved. He saw them both in theaters. It was good stuff. They were a lot of fun. I'm surprised they haven't done a third one yet. Uh, yeah, I think they're working or trying to work on, aren't they? I, uh, I haven't heard anything, but I think it was because the first one did well box office wise, but then the second one kind of didn't. It did, it, it did good, but it wasn't like it, it was. actually went down in revenue, and so I guess they thought it best to cut it off. That and you know RDJ with you know all his Marvel movies and everything. Yeah, that's true. It definitely wasn't as good as the first, but it, they were both yeah. really good. Yeah, I, I liked I liked Web of Shadows a lot because of Moriarty character and yeah. all that. No, that's just me. He reminded me a lot of Chaplin from when he did Chaplin, just when he does his English accent. Oh, I can see that. Let's hope we get a uh, Sherlock Holmes 3. Mm-hmm. And back Not to Dr. Seuss. <laughs> 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 That's all I had on Dr. Seuss, really. So for those fans out there, July 28th, keep an eye out. It might be something worth getting. It might be too expensive, though. Probably 25 bucks for yeah, a book. for a little bit. Get a first printing of it. 
Give it to your children to give to your grandchildren. Yeah. And sell that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, well, don't give it to your children obviously. until they're old enough to know what it exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but color it in. Yeah, <laughs> give it to Jeff's one-year-old. Here you go, I got this for you. Value dropping. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we have to talk story-wise, so let's just cut right over to Todd and talk about his comic series, Guardians. Thanks again for being with us today, Todd. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's oh, oh, sorry. sorry. That's nice. Ouch. So long. Ouch. <laughs> what have we done to deserve this kind of shabby treatment? All right, well, we'll see you later. No. <laughs> that was Guardian. Yeah, yeah. That was Todd Black. Yeah. We'll see you next week. There you All go. right. So, tell us about Guardians. Uh, okay, Guardians is a comic book series that I write, which I would hope, because that's why I'm on this podcast. Mm. Uh... Not just for my in-depth knowledge of all things comics and television and movies and Dr. Seuss and Sherlock Holmes. Uh, Keep tooting your horn, Todd. Yeah. I play a trombone for the record. Uh, no. Uh, actually, it's baritone. Never mind. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, Guardians, right? The comic book. So, uh, it's a, it's an indie comic, all right. It's my take on the superhero genre. It features a two heroes created by a god to protect a city that really needs its help really needs their help so they literally they literally like just crash land into the city and they just start protecting it and then the people start getting curious about them and the guardians realize we don't exactly know how to talk to people so they run away to this watchtower called the perch and they just stand there just watching the city and waiting to be needed again and this series really is if i was to boil it down to a couple sentences it's really about these two characters who know know a lot but they don't know much about themselves and about the people they're protecting it's really a quest about discovery and finding what the purpose of life is and whether is there, is there more to life than just my purpose because they've been given a purpose but does is that all they're ever meant to do and so as they meet these friends and villains they really have to grow as characters to become more than just the guardians they were told to be so Hmm. Uh, I really am trying to go for a deep story, but mixed with some epic action as well. So, well, it seems you have succeeded, my yeah. friend. Yep. Thank you. <clears throat> it's the tower you were talking about in Delta City that they that they sit on. That's right in the middle of the city. When I saw that, <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever been to Lake Erie or been out to Putin Bay Island, but the huge, the super tall lighthouse out there made me think of that. And I was like, wow, if you were going to make a movie of this. Film it out there. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. <laughs> it's really cool. But So tell us, uh, Chaos and Element, the main characters in this, what was the inspiration behind these characters? Well, it, it really was, I, I looked at myself, kind of, and no, I'm not a superhero, though I technically could be. Uh, it was, I was like, if I was to make a superhero, what would I make? And I looked at myself, I'm like, well... I can be, you know, the good guy. I can be the, the hero that you would expect. And that's kind of like Element. You know, he ha- he's, he's natural. He's nature. He is the, what you expect. But then everyone has that dark side and that, that unknown element. And I was like, okay, that, that could totally be chaos. And it's for each of them, they have this, this, this challenge. And for chaos, it's that he doesn't look like a hero. You know, you if I was just right. to show a picture of chaos to someone, you're gonna say that's a villain. Sure. And I go, well, why is that? Well, look at him. He has black hair. He has pale skin. He has black armor. He has a staff. You know, and it's just like this looks like a, this kind of looks like a villain outside the fact that he isn't glaring at everybody. Even though he, there's plenty of hip shots of him glaring in the comic. I was gonna <laughs> say, yeah. <laughs> it's like actually one of my favorite panels is in. I'm looking at my comic right now. It's uh in the back half, and there's this this picture of 
Chaos's eyes just glaring at the camera, if you will, and he goes, oh, I'm sorry, was that not what you were expecting? And uh, that's the kind of intensity I want to bring to the character, but he's not evil, and he has to fight the perception that these people think, okay, he's a hero, but he doesn't look like it, so can I really trust him? And he talks about, he talks to Element about how he saved this this mother and her child, and the mother was grateful, but the child was scared because he didn't look like a hero, and yet if Element had saved them, the children, child probably would try to hug Element, and it's just right. this this fight against this public perception. That's why the creator, a little, kind of a little bit of a spoiler here, he, he created them this way is because he needs to show the world that darkness is not evil. Darkness is necessary. What is day without night? Sure. You know, if you didn't have shade, you're gonna burn up in the sun. You know, and it's just all this stuff. And you know, I just I like that balance of you know a, a character with natural powers, fire, ice, and lightning, and then a character with darkness powers. You know, using them both to save the day. It really and it really creates this fun dynamic with the two, which is also what I wanted was a brotherly dynamic, which I can't think of a comic to my knowledge anyway, that has a kind of super brotherly dynamic that is coexistence and trust, like unequivocal, you know? I mean, I can barely think of brothers in the comics, period, no, to be honest. I, can't I mean, I mean, Thor and Loki's like the obvious one, but they're like, obviously they don't get along. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, it's like, who else is there? And so that's why I really wanted to go for something different. And Element and Chaos are very, very special characters. And it's fun watching them develop and grow. And we've just released our seventh issue uh, titled uh, Adjusting the Frequency. And they're about, they're facing a, a villain, who I won't spoil yet, but it's a villain they can't hurt because they're never around when they do these evil things and they're like how the frick are we gonna catch this person when they could do this stuff without us even knowing they're there and so it, i'm writing the next issue when it's really good stuff you know if i toot my own horn uh, <laughs> and it's just like there, there's gonna be a scene where chaos is like we can't do anything we're on damage control because we can't hurt them and Element's like, no, we, we got to do something. Who are we going to hurt here? We don't know who they are. And it's 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 powerful stuff because you, you rarely get those. It's fun having those moments where you have like these all-powerful characters and then there's a villain they can't touch right. for one reason or another, which I think is why the Superman Lex Luthor thing is always so appealing because when he's a businessman, you can't touch the businessman because he has all these connections and all that. Right. Here, it's just like the villain is like nowhere in the area. And, you know, they wouldn't know who to look for. Is it a man? Is it a woman? Is it a kid? Is it an adult? You know? Sure. It, it's great stuff. And that's the, that's the kind of dynamic of the, the storylines I like telling. It's that, yes, this is a standard superhero story, but there's depth to these characters. And uh, I know you guys read it, but at the end of number six, I have a nice big twist about my villain, Frequency. And uh, that gets really brought out in number seven. And you're going to see maybe you didn't know exactly what you thought you knew about them. So I can't wait for people to read that. So... Well, maybe you'll have to send us a copy of that if you don't mind. I'm, I'm no, I might just have to. Beyond curious now. Yes, beyond curious. Yeah. So who else is uh, working on this project with you? Who's doing the art and the coloring? Uh, my artist, my full-time artist now for the series is uh, Alex Garcia Perez. Yeah, he is. He was with me literally from the beginning. He was our colorist on Guardians Number Zero. And when our other artist, uh, Chi Chua, who was the line and uh, ink, or the pencils and inks artist for Number Zero, kind of dropped out because he had a busy schedule, out, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And Alex is like, you know, I can do it if you want me to. 
And I'm like, okay, I'll give you a shot. And then number one got made and it was good. And number two got made and it was better. And number three got made. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really good. And now here we are just released number six. And I swear he just, his art just keeps getting better because he just keeps getting more familiar with these characters in this city. And he knows what I want. And, you know, we're already getting stuff back for number seven. And I gave him a basic idea for the sketch of a cover for number seven. I was like, oh, here's what I want. Here's what, you know, frequency is doing. And he just like nailed it in one shot. And I'm like, dang. I don't know if he'll actually be listening to this, but Alex, I know I say this a thousand times, but I would not be here without you. You know, you are the thing that really makes this work. So thank you for being my artist. Please you don't leave. the wind beneath Todd's wings. <laughs> that is not an inaccurate analogy. <laughs> that is not an accurate analogy because, I mean... I've had this idea for years. I literally had this idea for like roughly two years and I just couldn't get an artist. And then I found Alex and Ng-Chi and then Alex took over. And now it's just like, I honestly can't imagine Guardians without Alex. So, you know. The artwork is beautiful and the story is as well. They complement each other very well. How far are you guys going with the arc on it? How many issues are you going to try and chew for? Current arc? Yeah. Uh, Well... We're, see that that's actually really difficult because for I'm a big I'm an indie comic and you know I'm trying to both get readers in but also build my universe so I knew when I made the prologue that it was supposed to, it, the prologue was really originally supposed to be ten ten uh, pages but then it got big turned into twenty because I thought of a good idea to help give my characters you know that extra push what I should think really worked then the first arc I wanted to be wanted it to be big I wanted it to be powerful I wanted it to be you know that superhero arc that you you want to have but with the story to mix and that's why uh winds of change was three issues but from now on up until we get close to the number 25 issue we're going to have like two two issue arcs because i want to introduce these new villains or these situations for element and chaos to go through but also to keep the story going because if i drag on too long i'm not sure where it'll leave me and i have these uh benchmarks if you will where i want to be at certain issues like i ha- already have issue 25 pretty much planned out we're gonna have a really big arc oh. there and then the four issues before we're gonna have a four issue arc uh before that introducing these this massive group of characters i will drop i will name drop right here uh exclusive for you guys it's called the weapons guild and you're gonna think okay they're this but they're actually gonna be this and it takes four issues to tell the story and it's going to be probably the most action-packed issue or arc of Guardians we'll ever we'll have for quite a while, which is fun because there's a lot of cool characters. But you know, uh, getting to that point is you know I still want to introduce as many characters as I can because after 25 hits and that arc ends, everything really gets turned on its head and it le- leads to these really interesting stories. And I'm not sure when I'm going to get the chance to get back to these characters, so I'm just I'm really trying to you know pump them out in a good way, giving them the time of the day, giving them the story that they need until that when they come back they're like oh great they're coming back so like uh that's actually kind of the reason i i am going back to these characters like at the end of uh guardians number five i show what happened to tempest and then i show what happened to phase and you're like oh they're kind of out of commission maybe (laughs) (laughs) or are they oh are they (laughs) very nice but yeah, so after this one, I'll, I'll do another name drop. Uh, after this arc, uh, number seven wraps up the frequency arc, and then we go to a two-issue arc called uh, Deadly Silence. And then after that, we're going to have an arc where we feature the first non-Guardian hero in Delta City, and that's going to be a very interesting one. 
then we're gonna have another arc and then we're gonna have a first one shot which features a very prominent character for the future of guardians and it's just it's gonna keep going on that until we get to 25 and then we're just gonna have really have some fun so which i can't wait for because there's a character i really want to introduce but i cannot physically enter them in until the arc after 25 happens so it's just like come on we gotta crank these out (laughs) (laughs) wow so it seems like there's no end in sight that's a good thing yeah i joke i joke with people kind of and say i have ideas for like 100 issues because i know exactly what issue number 100 of guardians is going to be and so I can I can tell people I got a hundred issues planned out because I know exactly where we're going to be at a hundred, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you're a genius!" And I'm like, "What am I going to do for issue 17? I don't know." So, <laughs> I think that's important because you know if you if you plan too far ahead, then you're going to get so rigid, you're not going to know where to go. But if you have like these benchmarks, you can say, "Okay, I have this many issues to work with. Here's where I want to be. Let's see what I can write." And, and I think that'll really help out because for example after starting with issue 14 14 to 21 i have no idea what's going to be there and that's not a bad thing it just means i got to write the stories which is fine because i mean i had you know zero through 13 already planned out so that just gives me a lot of fun to work with say okay who can introduce next you know what kind of situations do i want you know where can i lead these into till we get to this arc and it's it's just fun i love writing this stuff it seems like you are having a lot of fun, man. Where can listeners get your books? Uh, we have, for right now, we are a digital-only comic, which is sad because I have a lot of people telling me, you know, they would buy my comic if it was printed. I was like, well, I'm not rich, people. So, <laughs> no, you, you, I'm serious. Like, I have a good friend, and he's a big comic guy, and he's like, and I was like, oh, you should buy my comic. He goes, is it still digital? I'm like, yeah. I was like, oh, I only buy print. And that's fine, and I understand that. I mean, I, and, and I won't hate on fans because I, for example, I only buy print comics. You know, right? It's just, it's, it's just the way it is. It's not that there's anything wrong with digital comics. It's just that, you know, I, I, I like having the, the paper in my hand and turning the pages by myself, sure. and not having to worry about the, my computer shorting out on me, which seems to always happen. So, but you, you can get all the issues of Guardians on our website which is a guardians-comic.com. We have all seven up there and uh, guardians number zero. Our prologue issue is actually free. So nice. Yeah. Well, I, I really wanted that. It, start, it didn't start out that way, obviously, but as the issues got, came on, I was like, I really need to give them a reason to get into my comic without fear of, you know, I'm losing money. Sure. And so to do that, I made guardians number zero free. It's a full comic, 20 pages, you know, describing what you're going to get with guardians. And then, all the other issues are only a dollar fifty a piece. You can't so, beat that. No. No, if they were free. Wow. Uh, well, so. yeah, but there's no profit to be had for you then, yeah, Todd. That's, that's <laughs> I mean, I'm technically doing a Patreon to you know fund my comic, but mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. Well, well, it's it's going all right, but you know, so I'm I'm really trying to make it well enough for people and I, and I know that people are still gonna hesitate because they go like oh it's an indie comic and oh it's a superhero comic and oh it's not DC or Marvel or Major Dark Horse and I'm like and I understand that but that's why I like doing stuff like talking with you guys because I can say my piece and you know I hope they'll hear the passion that I have for these characters and these stories because I'm really trying to create something special here to where you say it's not just another superhero comic it's a superhero comic with heart and character and it will do things that honestly I know that DC and Marvel don't do or won't do for one reason or another and it's not an insult it's just the way they write their comics and that's fine and I want to write mine a certain way as well so right um I think if I think if people give it a shot, I think they'll enjoy it. Uh, I'm going to do my best to keep making these comics for as long as I can because I love these stories and I love these characters and I want to 
keep you know keep going because this is what i want to do i would actually love to work at dc or marvel one day if anyone's listening out there you know <laughs> plug, and I, plug, plug. Plug, plug plug yeah uh and actually i just i just received a great honor i am going to be going to a c2e2 the chicago comic-con and i'm Ooh. going to be at artist alley for the first time ever hey so yeah so i'm going to be having like a bunch of print issues of guardians there and just selling them so Nice man. Well, congratulations yeah. to you Thank on that. You. Thank you. When when did you say you were going to be there? It's April twenty fourth through the twenty sixth. That's Friday through Sunday. I'll be there all three days. You know, on and off on my table. Uh, I don't have my table number yet. I would obviously give that to you if I did. Sure. And, and uh, but it's just a great honor because I wasn't accepted originally, and they go they had a cancellation and like they. You know, sent me an email. I was like, "Are you still interested?" I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> very." He's like, "Hello, very cool, man." So. Well, cool. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to put a link on our website uh, that'll direct people over your way to get some comics, especially with that free download on there. I mean, yeah, why and not? If you guys want to review it? I'd love to know what you think. I know you guys said you like it, but for all we know, you're just buttering me up because I'm your guest. So, nah. you know. No, we don't, we don't do like it. You don't come on the show. Yeah, that's no. how it goes. <laughs> I like that. That's, that's true because you know, there, I'm sure there are some people just like having guests on there, but that that, that does mean a lot that you liked it. So thank you. Yeah, we, we're not going to bring people in here. We're like, well, thanks for being with us. Your stuff sucks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't happen. So if you're here, it's good. It's <laughs> a lot. All right. Well, uh, like I said, we'll put that link on the website and direct people your way. Jack, what else we have on the website? Show recaps, videos and trailers, photos from what we've talked about on the show, the Canned Air Video Game Store, Comic Book Store, and Movie Store, and the Canned Air Comic Book from the 2014 Cincinnati Comic Expo. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was on there. And don't forget to find us on Twitter at Canned Air Pod and also on Instagram, which we've been using quite a bit now. Uh, can underscore air. Uh, yeah, jump on Instagram, put a visual with uh, what you're hearing. Yeah. Anything else, guys? No. Buy my comic. <laughs> buy Guardians. Buy it. Buy it now. All Go right. Get to the website. Buy the comic now. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Oh, my God. Well, until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jeff Holcomb. And I am Todd Black. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for surviving Twister. Please pick up your personal belongings and exit to your left. This is Bill Paxton. Have a great day at Universal Studios, Florida. Man, that was another great episode of Canned Air, huh, sure Timmy? Was. Let's go outside. Alright. Hey, kids. Oh my god, who's that? It's Creeper, the worst G.I. Joe character ever made. That's right. I heard you guys were going to go outside. Why don't you stay inside and go to www.cannedairpodcast.com where you can get the scoop on past episodes, see movie trailers, and go to the Canned Air game store, video store, and comic book store. Yay! With cannedairpodcast.com, we'll never have to go outside again. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. I do us on the base, Jeff. Base. It's for the ladies. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, 
That's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.